Welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. J.L. Covan is my guest. He's uh, he's a funny comedian who's blown up lately because he does this really great Trump impression. And you may have seen clips on Twitter. You should go to Twitter now if you don't know who he is. Go to at uh, J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N and watch a couple of those clips or one clip uh, or a couple of them. I don't know how to prepare for a podcast, but you know what I'm trying to say. So I got to talk to him. Never really had a long chat with him. We both barely remembered when and if we met, but I'm sure we met at some point many years ago. And uh, Todd Barry podcast t-shirts are for sale at toddberry.com slash shirts. You can buy one. <laughs> I didn't need to say that you could buy one. That's pretty obvious that was a sales pitch. I have tour dates coming up. Some have been rescheduled. Some will be rescheduled. But you can go to my uh, my website for that information. And we'll be right back with J.L. Covan. J.L. Covan, how's it going, man? It's going well. How are you? Or as well as can be. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the same answer right back at you. What? Uh, you're, you're busy, huh? I, my guess is yeah, you're busy all day. It's very weird because I still have a day job that's stressing me out. And then, oh, you do? What uh, is that? Uh, attorney. Oh. Uh, very low level, very low level, but it has health insurance and comedy over almost 17 years has taught me uh, to always keep uh, another source of money handy. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, and then obviously this video blew up about a month and a half ago uh, very unexpectedly. And ever since then, it's like all of a sudden I've gotten seven years worth of a comedy career in like a month and a half. Which yeah, you're like one of the few yeah. people who's blown up once everything gets shut down. That's a good. That's interesting. It is, and it's also <laughs> ironic considering. Obviously, I shouldn't complain. There's been a lot of benefits for me personally, but like the idea of finally breaking through and being like, except there's nowhere to get booked. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was just what what made that Trump thing did someone in particular to retweet it and that broke it or i saw Patton did that he did but he was uh he was a cut like a, a couple of like a two days into it um uh, i remember the first person with a big following but he had retweeted stuff of mine before was roy wood jr okay. um so that got it that you know that took it from like hey four thousand views to forty thousand views but that's i've had that happen before so i was like all right good i think this video is going to get some views perfect i'll pick up 50 or 60 twitter followers and right. um and then that's what the 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 yoke of low expectations that comedy will give you i was like hey maybe i'll get to 4500 followers from 4300 right. and and then uh, Ken Olin, uh, who I think is like a producer of This Is Us and a very sort of ardent, uh, aggressive progressive on on Twitter, he yeah. got it like the next morning and retweeted it. And I think that started like a much bigger explosion for it. And then, yes, people like Patton Oswalt tweeted it. And it, yeah, it got a life of its own. So it was, it was very unexpected and very cool. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, how exciting, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is, but it's also, it's just, it's very weird. Cause I can't help but overthink things and be like, wow, if not for, uh, this president and also a global economic and health, uh, historical <laughs> crisis, I'm still a guy who's not getting returned emails to do feature work around the country. <laughs> now I got to ask you about that. Cause you're like a guy, how many have we, we've met, right? At some point, right? I, I know we've like run into each other if it's like on a show or something like, I don't think we've had like big interactions. I was actually okay. thinking to myself, I was like, I think I met him at a show or am I rethinking a scene from the wrestler? And I'm not even kidding. Like I'm well, like, I wasn't was the wrestler or? since he brought it up, but uh. No, no, I know. I was like, was that me or was that Mickey Rourke bumping? Either way, we've had similar career uh, depression. Because <laughs> um, I always wondered, like, I always knew you of you, and I've seen some of your videos, other impressions you've done. But I was always wondering, like, you seem to work outside the system, or is that is that not well, a fair? Well, thing to unfortunately, say? it's kind of I do, but it's not by choice, really. It's just you know, I not to. I, I mean, I can go through my whole career story, but like you know, early yeah. on, I got a late night credit. Um, I uh, did the late, late show, but way back in 07 and, you know, I thought, Ooh, great. And then my, I was working at a law firm. I got laid off with the financial crisis and I thought, okay, well, I've got money saved up. I've got a, fre- a pretty fresh TV credit. I'm still young. I know I'm good. So this is it. So I started doing the road for a few years as a feature thinking I would, you know, I just got to meet the right person and keep honing my act. And this is the best way to do it. Right. And, you know, after four years of that, my bank account had gone to sort of zero and so I had to do part-time legal work uh, for the next six years. Without you know, there've been ups and downs. There've been videos that have gone like quasi-viral. I had the Louis C.K. impression yeah. many years ago that that sort of blew up at least within the comedy community. And I've always just I've never I haven't had a manager or an agent or anything. So it's always been my Hotmail account, you know, contacting <laughs> clubs, trying to get feature work, trying you know, and then just piecing together a video here or, or, you know, uh, putting out an album. I mean, I put out six standup albums, so I've tried to maintain a sort of headliner pace to my career because that's, that's what I want to do. And that's what I feel like I'm capable of doing, but you know, I've never been a name and I've never been able to draw out more than like, you know, 15 people in any given city. (laughs) So, you know, it's, 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 I've been outside the system, but you know, that's just because that's what it is. I don't, I don't, have I know a lot of people in comedy, but I don't have any kind of connections in terms of, uh, I don't know. It's a sad story, I guess. But it's, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know. I just, th- there's, there's the comedy world. And I think a lot of people, not to, not to say this about you, but there's a lot of people, especially in my peer group, who once they're sort of in, and once they have their agents and managers, they kind of just think that's the way it, way it works. And then there are other people like me who are like, I probably should have quit four or five years ago, but I just don't want to. <laughs> I think everyone, um, everyone's had that I should have quit moment, I, I think. Yeah. Um, I pretty much did have mine because I've, I've, I'm a lifelong New Yorker and I, I moved out of the city uh, nine months ago um, uh-huh. into, to Jersey. Uh, a job offer fell in my lap at a law firm and I said, you know what? I didn't go looking for this, so I'll take it because it's money and health benefits and can make me a little more comfortable. And then this happened. So it's very weird. I was kind of retreating. I was still emailing for gigs, still making the occasional video. But, you know, it was after 16 plus years, I was not prioritizing it. And then a uh, weird uh, combination of circumstances happened. <laughs> How did you um, get that initial late show spot if you didn't have like management? Did, 
No, no. Okay. Well, there you've, you've found me out. I, uh, I had, I wasn't signed by, I wasn't signed by anybody, but it was, I guess, new wave, like Barry Katz's yeah, yeah. Uh, outfit. He had a guy from there who had just been hired, sort of looked me like found a, a tape of mine and wanted to rep me. So we had like this informal relationship. He got me on uh, a regional show and the late, late show. And they both went well. And then they fired him. And this was like four months into our relationship. <laughs> and they passed me to somebody else who definitely was not at all interested in anything about me, I think. And so I contacted on my own the Late Late Show again, because I really did have an, a very strong debut set. And I right. said, hey, remember me? I'm just trying to, you know, can I get back on? And they were like, oh, no, we remember you. Yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. And then the writer's strike hit. Oh. And so then that was shut down for a little bit. And then um, the agency sort of said they wanted to, they, they were no longer interested in any kind of relationship. Uh, they said, it's not us, it's you. And, oh, and then that was it. So my, my like roughly three to four months of actual sort of informal but engaged representation was, was that was it. <laughs> yeah, those those late shows are they're an interesting thing because they're it feels great to do one, but it it's very unlikely that it's going to propel anyone anymore, like it did when Johnny Carson was hosting the Tonight Show or whatever. Sure, yeah, it's it's I mean it's it's nice, it's yeah exactly. If you if your expectations are your career is going to be changed, it's it's unlikely, but it's it's still nice, obviously. And it's oh like, yeah, and it feels yeah. good to have said you did it, and it right uh, it. Yeah, they can't take it away from you, basically. And that's why I don't tell anybody that I've done Byron Allen's Comics Unleashed. <laughs> I uh, I actually ran into him at the uh, great serious... guy, by the way. Now that you mention it, great he guy. He was he was. I ran into him at this at the. Uh, I was waiting to do an interview on Sirius, and he walked by and he kind of smiled at me. He goes, "Oh, maybe he knows who I am." And then he's like, "Oh, what? What? Who are you from? Or what crib are you from? Or something?" And I was like, oh, "I'm a comedian." But he was very nice, and I, I even asked for a picture, which I never do. But he was just—I could tell he wouldn't be bothered by it. And, uh, you were like, "I did it. I met John Singleton." So. <laughs> but I—I've uh, never done that. Show is quite. A, that's an interesting show. The uh, the comics, just this, the way it's so contrived and the setups. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. It's like we want this to be useful in eighteen twenty or two thousand three hundred. Like the questions are like, so you like breathing, huh? Actually, I do. That reminds me of my scuba diving trip. Right. Or he'll do something like, I heard you don't like credit cards. Really? You heard that? <laughs> Where did you hear that? When did someone come up to you and bring my name up and then say, you don't like credit cards? But I do have this four minute bit about that. Yeah. And if, uh, if you knew somebody hated credit cards, it would stick in your memory. <laughs> but that, that show is funny because it just watched comics being so supportive of each other, just howling at each other. Shit is kind of interesting. Oh, you fell out. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was saying that. Um, I was just saying it's funny watching comics on that show because you have to be supportive of the other comics and you can't ice them out the way you might. When oh, yeah. My, a normal show. my face muscles were hurting after that because I was like, I... <laughs> There was one other comic on the on the set that I did. Uh, I don't know if you know Dave Waite. Um, yeah, I do. I know. But he is. was he had me. Yeah, he had me laughing. He was he was he was like saving me for like oh god I can't somebody make me genuinely laugh and then he would come and I'd be like okay thank you God now I'm now I'm actually <laughs> laughing again. But it was weird. That was you know that's one of those things as a guy in New York 
um, traveling out to do that and realizing my flight was $500. I stayed with a friend and I got paid after taxes four twenty four. And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to lose money on TV credits. I don't know yeah, if that's, that's ideal. There's, <laughs> there's always those situations where you're like, I guess I got to eat some shit to get in this business. And then there's just things like that where it just doesn't feel right to, right. to pay me less than in the airfare, but it's just the supply and demand, I guess. Do you have managers and agents after you now? I, I would imagine you would. No, no, I'm, I'm staying very much on brand. Apparently everybody's, I mean, <laughs> I've had, you know, everyone contacting me, uh, except, uh, three groups of people that I would kind of like a contact. That's, <laughs> that's club owners, managers, and agents. Those are the only three people icing me out right now. <laughs> have you, uh, <laughs> That's interesting because I would think it. I feel like the word is out on you, pretty much. Exactly. Maybe maybe there's a bad word out as well. I don't know what I've done, but maybe I've already been pre-canceled. Uh, who knows? <laughs> it also could be just that uh, their managers are used to not working now, so they're just not really pursuing. That's people. true. Although, but I would think there'd be yeah, some would, enterprising manager who'd say, "Hey, well, he's he's definitely available for conversations right now because right. there's nothing to do except make videos in his bedroom." Yeah, it seems silly because I would assume, like I was assuming you would say, yeah, there's been quite a few offers. But uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine they're just, maybe they're just out of the groove. But that'll, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, so, because I, I would think they would pounce on this. I would, I would think so. And, and you know, what, I, what I'm trying to do slowly but surely, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I know that, you know, 90% of my following right now is, is all about these sort of Trump videos and Trump impressions. So I'm going to keep feeding that. But every uh-huh. week I try to be like, by the way, here's a great stand-up album I put out. Or, hey, here's a bit that's relevant to this that, that has nothing to do with Trump. So that, uh, you know, every week there's a few more people who buy an album or say, oh, that's a great set. And that, just to at least turn a few thousand of these people into stand-up fans as well so that so that if and when he loses uh it's not just like well that was cute while it lasted but we don't care about anything else you have to say right you're sort of laying the groundwork that's a hard thing to do though right if something if they're it is actually excited about your trump impression yeah and that's i do this other thing too Right. And, and, you know, the Trump impression has been, you know, two and a half years of, of, you know, 16 years, but I, and I get it. I treat it almost in a way it's like almost like an acting role. It's like, I'm sure actors hate being typecast, but they're, they're kind of okay with it. If they were starving actors for 10 years, they're kind of like, I'll let this ride out for a while before I become annoyed with all this money I'm getting. Right. Yeah. Um, You don't want to bite the hand that feeds you kind of right so so to me it's more like like i've done unfortunately you know some zoom shows that have gone well just because it's a it's it's the only way to work any of my sort of comedic chops and Mm. like for a few private shows i would do like 25 minutes of stand-up like some new bits that i've been working on some old bits and then like 20 minutes of trump roasting sort of the group or or the the you know and and then i'm getting them to sort of i'm giving them what they want but i'm also getting a pretty good gauge on hey you know what even though it was just sort of a corporate gig type atmosphere the stand-up bits are still working and some of the new stuff is still working so i'm trying to just be ready for to hopefully capitalize on all of this at some point but are these you know, are these zoom shows you're talking about or or yeah these yeah yeah, yeah, Zoom shows. They're, so you're you know, getting paid Zoom shows, huh? I have, yes. People, it's very bizarre that people, like this one 
one that I did where they were just like, we'd like Trump to come to our office happy hour. And I was like, fine, it's money. I'll sell out. But it was uh, when I returned the woman's phone call, you'd think it was like an A-lister returning her call. (laughs) Because to her, it's like, I'm famous now because I'm a stranger that she's heard of and likes. But it's like, ma'am, a month ago, you you, you know, literally nothing's changed. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but it's, I'm very much a normal no-name comedian. <laughs> Are you good at selling yourself, like pricing yourself correctly? Because those corporate things, sometimes they'll say, you just don't know whether they think you'll be 50000 or they'll offer you $100. You'd like, it's hard well, to like, yeah, know what for, to quote them. Because if you, if you pitch it as like, will you join? Like, I'm, at the, I'm at the point where I'm like, I've done enough where I'm like, this is what I'm comfortable asking for and happy asking for. Um, and you can judge it sometimes by the size of the company or if it's, or if it's just a group of friends who are like, Hey, we got 25 people together for Friday night. Could you, could you do a show? But Mm -hmm. I had one guy contacted me, contact me who runs this sort of large league of sports, like kind of recreational sports leagues. And he was giving me pricing that was pretty good and said he had some connections with major companies and, and he, and those would be the kind of thing where I could get you know, sort of more legitimate corporate gig money if, if they pan out. But I'm right. sure I'm underselling myself because I'm just like, you know, what's a half hour in my kitchen with a Zoom background? Like I try to deliver, like I stand up, I have a microphone connected to the computer so that I'm in sort of a stand-up mentality. Right, it feels like you're doing but a stand-up show. Me- Exactly. So, you know, it's a good rep, I guess, as good as can be under these circumstances. But at the same time, I'm standing in my kitchen wearing a polo shirt and sweatpants. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think to myself, yeah, that'll be five grand, ma'am. <laughs> so how many hours, like, what's your day? You have to stay on top of this thing, striking while the iron's hot kind of situation. Are you? Yeah. So I'm not sleeping very well. Oh, I do. I only, I'm only doing... The Trump videos, I'm probably doing like, th- let's say, three a week on average because, um, you know, they go through a cycle of a couple of days. If one catches on, it's, you're right. still getting tons of tweets and things like that. Um, my YouTube channel has had a ton of new activity. So what I basically do, my day is I wake up, I tell myself I'm going to go for a run. I don't. I eat breakfast. I do like legal work for like five hours and then I'll take I'll make like a Trump video on something topical and respond to like a lot of emails and try to do the whole fan engagement thing, um, uh-huh. which gets exhausting. Cause like a third of the things are like things I should be doing with my, you know, it's like your impression is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Here's what you should do with it. And I go, oh, really? right. Like, it's like, it's like, I mean, is it amazing or is it like a work in progress? <laughs> like when, um, <laughs> and also thanks for the advice. Yeah. And people sending me, People sending me like scripts, they not scripts like huge scripts, but like here's a sketch I wrote as Trump. Maybe you could do it. Uh, and then I do like a little more work and then do some, cam- you know, I've been getting a lot of cameo money and uh-huh. I know that won't last, but that's that's been kind of, re- that's the most absurd part of this to me is that, you know, I'm just making a lot of money recording messages in my bedroom and people are like, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, how, um, like that impression is, is that something, I don't know anything about doing impressions. Is it something you have to work on or do you just out of the gate have this, this sort of short circuit in your brain that helps you do that kind of thing? <laughs> well, I've, I've been good at impressions for a while, uh, like yeah. since I was a kid. 
Um, but this one, the re- and, and most people always thought I was a very varied, good impressionist. I remember I did this like nine part series, uh, this comedy academy series where like I did a bunch of different comedians, including CK. That was like the follow up to the big CK video. But um, I've done celebrities. I've done uh, Obama. I had a, a very strong Obama for a while. But the Trump one's different because I had a, de- a good Trump and I thought it was really good. And I've even listened to tapes of me back from like 2016, 2017. I'm like, oh, it's nowhere near as good as it is now because the guy's always on TV. He's like the number one news story every day since he basically got into space. So it's not even an effort. I have a good ear. I do impressions. But this guy is always on. So you're always hearing it and being able to modify and go, oh, he said said that this time. Mm -hmm. He did it with this expression. He did these hands. It's almost like somebody, you know, in college, I did a lot of impressions of, of teammates and friends. And that's because you're around them all the time. So if you're any good at mimicry, you're going to pick up on so many nuances from being exposed so much. And with Trump, it's almost like this guy has been in my living room for the last three and a half years because every time I watch the news, there's a ton right. of Trump. So it's kind of happened, you know, partially because I'm good at it and partially probably through osmosis. Yeah, I think what's great is that it, you, you not only nail the voice, like it's not like, oh, that sounds like Trump. It's it sounds like Trump and it sounds like Trump in the other way in that that right. everything you say is shit he would actually say. I mean, a little hype yeah. for comedy, but. Uh, and it's more like what I've been doing is almost people, a video I did reluctantly was when he did that whole speech about putting, you know, bleach and disinfectant yeah. and light. I said, you know what? No offense to SNL, because I'd love to be on the show, but but what I said was what SNL has done with Trump a lot of the time is kind of like we have Baldwin, we have these great makeup people, and we're just going to kind of repeat what Trump said during the week and add like two jokes. Yeah. And what I try to do is get like in front of Trump. Like he sometimes catches up to what I'm saying, but I at <laughs> least try to get it out in front so that the the humor is there. Like I've... It's, my, it's not even taking it to an extreme sometimes. It's just like getting in front of him. And I've been sort of good at the... I, I have a, a, a podcast as Trump, uh, and that has sort of given me like a couple of years of ad-lib experience. Um, so now, you know, it's sort of so at how, its peak. How, how many takes do you do? Like I heard you... I don't know. Someone told me or I read an interview or something where it said you you kind of wing these. Like you don't, you don't yeah. write out a script or anything. Yeah, no, I, I usually will just say, I'll t- in my head, I'll go, okay, that's the topic. And, and I don't want to make this sound like some sort of like, I'm, I'm some sort of deep uh, genius when it comes to this. But it's like, if I did a script for him, people go, oh my God, your writing is so good. And I go, the key to the character, if you will, is like not doing any writing because he's always off script. So right. if you're if you're busy trying to and as somebody like you who's done uh, you know I've taken an acting class you've actually acted in movies but it's like this idea of you want to know the material so well that you can just live it you're not constantly like going what's my line what's my line because that'll take you out of yeah, sort of yeah. the what you're tr- you want to be you want those lines to be you not to be I've definitely done, I remembered yeah. my line I've definitely done auditions like that where like I'm so worried about fucking up the this the memorization that I don't act. I just kind of like stumble through it because I'm trying to get every syllable of right. a monologue or something. But right, 
Yeah. And he's, so that, he's that to the extreme of like, he's always in his own emotions and his own desires. So like you see it, the, when he struggles the most is when he's reading a speech that he hasn't written because it's yeah. like totally taking him out of where he wants to be. <laughs> Yeah, it's also funny when he's so blatant, blatantly reading off the teleprompter and just using a word he would never use. And then he'll, <laughs> then he'll kind of throw in an aside, like, yeah, very, very, like, he'll just sort of emphasize something like, oh, yeah, I'd love that part. But he is right. at his best when he's flying off the handle. Oh, yeah. And he's at his most comfortable and he's no longer, I mean, the heavy, and the thing is, one of the things people say to me is like, you need more sniffing in the videos. And I'll say, I've replied to people because I just put out this Trump reading book series for kids. Uh I'll say he (laughs) sniffs when he's reading because he's super uncomfortable. He doesn't sniff when he's ad-libbing because he's like wheeling and dealing. He's uncomfortable when he's reading a speech someone else wrote because he doesn't want to do that. And I'm like, just trust in my impression. The same impression you just told me was an A+. Trust that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> You'll really write that out to everyone who writes something like that, or not everyone, but a lot. Like uh, you know, people will say you need. It would be perfect if only you did the accordion hands. And I go, I'm holding a cell phone. Ugh. If I do the hand movements, you won't see anything. <laughs> and they'll go, we'll get it. And people will like go, you should get a phone stand then. And I'm going like in my head, I'm like, can I curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, you can curse. Yeah, in my head, I'm like, fuck off. Like, I, you were, why are you demanding things? You just told me this is an amazing impression. Can you not just enjoy it? I'm aware right. the man uses hands. Like, I'm not, if I got a, this far, you don't think I've seen him speak? <laughs> right. I'm a huge fan of backhanded compliments. So that this, I, I totally, <laughs> it is amazing to me that people will just be like, do that kind of thing. Like, why don't you just go, the impression was fantastic. Thank you so much. Exclamation point. Boom. That's all yeah. you need to say. You don't need to, here's a little, but I do have some notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, yeah, there's, there's, it's funny because I'm, I'm trying to stay in a grateful mode, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's like, I've never had this much positive attention either, but right. it's funny. And then you get people who are like, uh, some guy wrote to me and was like, okay, now do Obama, but not from your perspective, but from a conservative perspective. And I was just like, wait, so how many N words do I have to say? What do you mean from a conservative perspective? I'm like, he goes, well, if you don't do it, then you're just a partisan hack. And I was like, I'm doing my impression. I used to do an Obama impression. I'm not doing it because it's not as relevant and I'm doing kind of well with the Trump impression. And I don't need you to tell me what you need to feel better about my impressions. <laughs> right. Also, you're you're allowed to be partisan because you're not – you're a comedian. Right. You could be completely skewed. and It's actually better that way, I think. Unless, well, and people I mean, keep I telling guess, me – I guess you could do it even-handed away than being funny also, but only if you had – But know, not legit. this one. And I think – the th- I think the reason my my impression has some bite and has some resonance is because I'm not coming at it trying to be um, a neutral sort of Leno approach to comedy, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But that's right. not my. That's why it's good is because I'm putting more of myself into the thought behind it. And I just find, people have told me that I get all these are also messages I get, which is like you should be more neutral. You're you're cutting off half your audience. <laughs> And I'm going, no, I'm cutting off you. I'm cutting off half the voters, but I don't expect to get 190 million fans. Like, if I only capture the 
63 million that voted for Hillary Clinton. I <laughs> still have a lot of fans. <laughs> like, I could play some nice places with the 63 million. Pay. Yeah, right. that's funny because I saw someone, I think someone wrote to Mike Berbiglia and said something like, oh, you're alienating half your fans. Like, do you really think he's, his audience base is half Trump people and half not Trump people? <laughs> like it's 90%, 99% of his fan base is is progressive. Like he's not splitting anyone in half. Right. This is fucking and also, you're allowed to fucking yeah, it's, do with them, you know, just like do your own impression if you don't like my impression, you know? Yeah, that's that. I, you know, <laughs> the other irony of this, though, and I don't know if you've seen these, there's this comedian. Uh, I think she's from I think she's from New York. I know I've met her in New York, oh. but Sarah Cooper who's doing yeah. these TikTok videos. Yeah. And the thing that's backfired for me with this for some reason is that my impression, I take it as a compliment, but it's kind of a harmful compliment. I've had now an increase in people who are going like thinking that I'm lip syncing. Oh, really? And yeah. And I'm going, I guess that's a credit to my impression, but at the same time, it's like, no, 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 no. Please recognize that this is a unique skill and not just some sort of, you know, in sync to her backstreet boys or something. And it's very, so it's getting frustrating because more and more people, people tell me you guys should collaborate and I'm trying, you know, I want to be very, uh, gracious, but in my head, I'm going, no offense, but collaborate on what? Yeah. They don't get it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, we, we're both doing things that people find funny. I respect that. The humor can, and I laughed at her first video, the one that went huge, but it gets annoying to be like, you guys should collaborate. And I'm like, there's other people I want to collaborate with who do like, who have been doing funny stuff through this, but that's not one of the avenues I see as a collaboration. And also, why do I have to collaborate right now? That can also. I just do my own, can I do my own thing for a bit? Yeah, I let love my these people who like before I find, form like a sad super group to rejuvenate my career. <laughs> I love these people who think that they should call the shots. It's like, hey, you don't know me, and I have no business talking to you about this, but here's some great ideas. But <laughs> sometimes, I mean, it's also the occasional critique where you're like, oh, okay, that's actually a good point you made, but. Uh, no, those but, uh, are, they're rare, but I do acknowledge, like I do give acknowledgement when somebody actually says something, you know, very funny or actually somewhat useful. Right. So what's your dream for like, if, if this quarantine ended, what would you be doing? Um, my dream, if I get meet with managers or agents is to tell them, you know, Kevin Hart, and you know The Rock, I'd like to have both of their careers combined. Will you sign me now? Because I learned my lesson when that CK video came out. Um, I think I was too realistic with the managers that were meeting with me. Uh-huh. Like I was like, I was like, I want to be a left of center Adam Carolla. Like I want, I I like his kind of body of work in terms of like a successful podcast, live shows, the occasional you know indie film. And I think that sounded like to me, I'm going Corolla makes a few million a year. That sounds pretty good. Probably that sounded not ambitious enough. Right. But in real in reality, what I really want is the same goal that it's been since I started comedy, like headlining, possibly, you know, special event designation at comedy clubs around the country. And and I, I'm willing to go beyond that and do other things and explore other things. But that that's that's sort of still the dream. Uh, I feel me. like this would be a great, uh, and here I am being one of these people who writes to you, but I, I have an educated opinion, so it's different. Is uh, <laughs> uh, how about a nice one-person show as Trump? I 
like you know what? I will tell you this. I think theater things get more yeah. attention, even if they're 200 seat theaters, I think. Right. And no, and that is especially, I, the other thing, <laughs> I, I, in a weird way, I sort of lied when I said no managers have contacted me. Okay. Former age, like former, like retired agents and retired <laughs> TV people have contacted me. And I think they kind of want to be in the juice and they figure this guy's kind of like coming up right now. Let me talk to him. Let me tell him who I know. And like, I'm, I'm wheeling dealing with some people. I'll get back to you. I think they right. kind of want to feel like they're in the mix. But one guy did suggest to me, would you be up for a, you know, like a one man show as Trump? And I was just like, yes. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think it'd be a great idea because it's also, I don't know. Cause you saw, did you see Jacqueline Novak's show by any chance? I didn't, uh, though it's, I, it's, oddly enough, I, I, uh, I'm sorry. No, it was really great, but it's like, she shouldn't be doing that in a comedy club. I mean, right. it's just so nice to perform where people are just sitting there focused on your show and not right. the, the burger in front of them. Yeah. Uh, what and I, mean, I, like, I was going to say, uh, oddly enough, I was in a comedy competition when I was in law school in DC and she was in undergrad in DC. Oh, wow. Against Jackie Nowak. I think that's the last time I one-upped her uh, in terms of our comedy careers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I peaked early in the uh, JL versus Jackie Novak uh, competition, <laughs> both in year one of our comedy careers. Um, but it was it, like I kept thinking to myself, obviously, I'm not Will Ferrell, but I thought he did have that show as George Bush. And right. I thought, obviously, mine would probably not be as big, although enough people have probably seen the impression for maybe it to get some serious interest, but that that would be, I think something I could, I would definitely be capable of doing. Um, I have a great so idea. Yeah, Here you go. Why don't you do the show where you open for yourself, but you play yourself at first to 20 and then bring <laughs> up Trump. Oh, there you go. You can, you can steal that. Yeah. Idea, Cause I won't be stealing. That's, that idea, consider it stolen. <laughs> uh, that's not a bad idea, right? No, that's a good idea. Just I'll be back in 45 minutes after I put on the makeup, wig, oh, and yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump will be right out. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> um, who are like some of your most famous Twitter follows? I just I saw Ju- Julie Louis-Dreyfus followed you, right? You, you tweeted that. Yeah, that's, I guess she'd probably be the most famous uh, in entertainment. Uh, I've, I've got a great um, new uh, online relationship bromance with Richard Marks. Oh yeah. Um, he's yeah. pretty funny. He's pretty yeah. funny. He's just he's, not he's uh, so much more hateful than you would expect him to be. Well, that's why I said I said he's a, you know, a power ballad Hall of Famer uh in the 80s and on Twitter he's a uh, you know, Death Row Records representative. <laughs> um but yeah, I guess there's and some political some journalists are are now following me. I'm trying to think. Uh you know, it's just it's a it's a weird cross section. Cause you're getting people who don't like Trump. A few people actually like Trump. And I'm like, I'm not sure you get the joke. And, uh, you know, just a random crisscross because Trump is hate him or not is the biggest political story, the biggest pop culture story. He's just, he dominates sort of everything. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Do you, um, I wonder if, do you know if Trump is aware of your impression? I wonder if he probably, I wonder if he would be into it. Probably not. Probably not. I think <laughs> what, right. what I laughed at, I laughed at somebody today because they brought up, they were talking about this, this woman, Sarah Cooper. And they said, I think it's, it's, it's super funny though. And probably really angers Trump that like a, a, an attractive woman of color is, is mocking him. And I said, probably, 
But I then said, um, I'm actually half Haitian. My mother is 100% Irish, so I look to most people Italian. But my father was Haitian, and I is just treated like, yes. Oh, wow. And because my full name is Jean Louis Covin, but I go by JL because ah. most, most people will say Gene Lewis. And right. that's not the way to get up on stage. You know, you don't want the first thing to be a mispronunciation of your name. <laughs> You'll be like, I'm totally out of it now. But uh, I thought it's one of those things I realize it's hard for me to sort of market that, not that I'm looking to, but the idea that I'm also half Haitian and he took a shot, I called Haiti a shithole country. Right. Is like one of those things that I'm just not willing to play that angle yet in the progressive, uh, try to like come up with a cute angle because the impression's good enough on its own. But, you know, if I looked quote unquote more Haitian, I'm sure that would be an even more progressive pat on the back. For yeah, people. that would involve <laughs> you explaining that you're half Asian. Asian. Right. <laughs> people saying, okay, yeah, I see that. And then then you're off and running. Do right. you speak Creole? I don't. Um, I think that's the problem. My house wasn't bilingual because of my mom. So anytime my dad wanted to speak French or Creole, um, I'd be like, I'm going to the living room to talk to the uh, to the white lady. Right. She How many of these uh, <laughs> uh, cameos do you pump out a day? Um, it varies. I had a ton for father's day. Um, uh-huh. but I've been on it for about five, I want to say f- just under six weeks and I've done, uh, just over 300. Damn. Yeah. It's been, it's insane. Um, I sometimes feel guilty, uh, because I'm just like, I, if people want it a lot of, it's funny also when you see the, I'd say the largest single group of people who've wanted it other than like specifically mother's day stuff has been dudes who are angry that their golf trips have been canceled. <laughs> I'm like, I guess they do have the money to pay for like a, you know, a 75 or hundred dollar, uh, three minute video. Um, oh, is that so what you're charging t- these days? Well, I remember I charged 20 and you wrote go 30. Yeah. I, really, I, I was serious that. about that. No. And I, I could see it's hard to tell with you, but I thought it was serious. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know you well then, enough to be like telling you what to do, but <laughs> I was just like, oh, this guy's on fire, you know, don't be a $20. I, I, yeah. Well, it got so, I, I got so many so early that I was like, I just need to raise the price to stop people from sending them, but uh-huh. they didn't stop sending them. So I went up to like 35 and then I got to 50. Okay, good. And for, for, for Mother's Day, because uh, I'm such a, a humanitarian, I was like, nope, <laughs> you're getting the $100 uh, tax. Uh, so oh, so now have, they're coming to in like- no, no, I'm at a hundred. I really don't think yeah. I can ju- morally justify going above a hundred. <laughs> so Not how, that other people can't, but I can't right. for myself. What's the rate now? A few a day still, or yeah, I've got I've got three waiting to do today, and that's I, I joke with my girlfriend. I just I I do it, and I go I go into one of the bedrooms, and then come out like eight minutes later, and go just made two twenty five. <laughs> yeah, that's it's pretty. It's I mean. <laughs> I think if I did a character, I'd be more likely to do it. I just feel like it's myself. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You got to find where it's, it's weird. It's weird. And it feels, it's, it's, it feels kind of exploitative, but at the same time, it's like, well, it's me doing it and I'm charging a rate that somebody who can't do it won't do it. It's not, it's not a drug where people like, I need my cameo. I don't care what it costs. If you have a hundred dollars to spend on a message from me, you're fine. Like you're doing yeah. fine. So. 
That is three. So what? Did, how's that work? You just get a, an email or something, or the app, and they say, "Here's a request," and then yeah, they describe the they describe what they want. I, I joked. I said I started out as a comedian, and then during the pandemic, I become a webcam girl. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you start. Uh, they send you a message, uh, like an alert, and then you read it. And usually, they have like 250 characters. 250 characters or words. I think it's characters to describe. Hey, this is for my uncle Matt. It's his birthday. He likes this, this, and this. Hates Trump or loves Trump. Um, you know, and then I, I think what's odd is I think uh, people are always surprised at how well I do for them. But that comes from the fact that the videos themselves are not scripted. So they're basically getting their own personalized three-minute yeah, Trump I mean, rambling session that they don't expect. They probably expect me to go like, hello, happy birthday. It's a great birthday. This is your president. <laughs> Goodbye. But I, I, I feel like I want to do the full character for like three minutes. I've done one. I did one that was like four and a half minutes for somebody. And I'm like, <laughs> they loved it. So I'm like, good that I don't feel as guilty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is pretty cool that this guy that a lot of people know about is doing this Trump. Like he get suddenly saying your dad's name or something. Right. Uh, and, and, and it, the, the impression it's so weird because I feel like if, and when I get to really work some clubs and theaters, um, if that ever happens. And I don't mean like for anyone, I mean like if my career suddenly nosedives again, I won't be totally shocked. I'll be disappointed. But if I ever get to go out, I think I'm going to have such a weird cross section because I'm getting like aunts and grandmas. And I've written a bit right. about how like I thought when I got famous, it would be like Motley Crue. But instead, I've jumped right to the Mr. Rogers phase where I'm like healing the nation. And I'm like, what happens to like what happened to the green room sex and the alcohol and drugs? I've just gone to like sweater vest, hugging you in a time of national mourning. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's weird, but I feel like my audience is going to be like 35 year old bros and like ants out for the night. Yeah. I've been getting more when I was doing shows, more families coming, which I never thought of myself as like a bring the family act, but right. <laughs> you know, if it's like a 17 year old kid, he brings his dad and, you know, drags his dad to get see this guy, and then the dad may or may not like it. But, but yeah, it is weird to see it. some so a group that's clearly a family <laughs> to a comedy show. Because like, right, um, there's certain things that, unless you know who it is, there are certain topics that are going to be, you know, it's like it's that are gonna, that could potentially be awkward. Yeah, I, I do hate when people bring actual children. Like a hip fifteen year old <laughs> will probably get me, but. I I just sit looking out and you see like literally a four-year-old. It's like, just get a babysitter <laughs> and your kids. I feel bad for the kid. Cause like no way the kids into my fucking low energy brilliance. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, so how hard were you hitting the road when you were hitting the road hard? Um, as hard as I could, but it was, some years were good. It was very, I mean, there were years where it was like, all right, I booked like 17 weeks at comedy clubs. And then I, you know, do my New York, you know, bar shows at New York or, um, oh. you know, for a while, like I was still doing bringer. I did a few bringer shows even after I was on the late, late show because I wasn't getting passed. Um, but I needed a tape for something. So I'd be like, well, I can get 10 friends out. Then that was sort of degrading in a weird way. But I would, you know, on a good year, I might get like 17 or 18 weeks of, uh, of road work and right. not enough to live off of, but enough to think like, okay, I'm honing an act. I'm going to be ready for a new album in like 
a year. So this is good. Uh, and then other years would happen and it'd be like, you know, if not for friends running bar shows or cafe shows, it's like three weeks of road work and, you know, clubs that you work five, six times, just there's too many and, and more people are bringing their own people. And it became right. this thing of like, I, you know, I kept wanting to do it and I'd take time anywhere I could, but it started to feel very fruitless sort of. Um, so yeah, it, it varied. Like I didn't have, consi- I had a consistent desire and a consistent effort, but some years, and it was really random. That was the other thing. It wasn't like, oh, I, nobody books me anymore. It'd be like, nope, I got booked a ton in 2014. I got nothing in 2015. 2016, all of a sudden I blew up again in terms of just getting a lot of feature work. And it was just totally random, unfortunately. Yeah. My favorite thing is when you have like eight offers on one date and like the entire right. three month period around it is empty. But like, we had nine offers for July 18th and nothing for the rest of July or June or yeah. <laughs> but um, well, before we go, is it possible to for me to ask Donald Trump about what he thinks of me? Oh, sure. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you dance for me, but uh. no, no, it's a, believe me. I, uh, I, I, it's, this is uh Britney Spears plays baby hit me one more time whenever she does a concert. So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I feel bad because she's probably like, Oh, I don't want to fucking do baby. One more time. Um, <laughs> All right. It, well, let's, let's, I wish I was following modern music more. I, I feel like my, my most recent reference will be like something from 2020. Oh no, I so, get it. You're just you like, you're like, you like, you're biting the bullet and, and throwing me a bone, even though you clearly don't want to do this. Let's just do like two no, sentences. No, I love doing it. What do you, uh, Mr. President, are you a Todd Barry fan? You know, what I like about Todd Barry is that he does, you know, he does, he's not nasty. He doesn't get too political, which I like. I like it when I can go to a show and you have somebody who's like, you know, makes you laugh, but is not like all of a sudden telling you that like, the president's bad, which of course I'm not. I'm like doing a great job and doesn't insult like some of the audience who are there because they like the comedy. They don't, they want to, it's called an escape. They don't want to come there and be lectured like it's CNN. So I love the fact that he's not political. He's, he, you know, he can say some things on his podcast, but that's okay. I don't listen, but uh, it's all good fun. But the thing I hate to be, if I can be, if I can be honest, you seem like a guy who can take some criticism. It's like, the lowest energy comedy. I think that there's ever like Stephen Wright, Stephen Wright, you know, this guy with the, the one liners. Yeah. I didn't know him. Yeah. It's like going, well, it's like going to see Gallagher when you see Stephen Wright compared to Todd Barry. It's like, you know, Stephen Wright might as well be smashing fruit and saying, you know, racial slurs (laughs) compared to like the energy of a Todd Barry show. But other than that, we like him. He's, he's a clever guy. He's clever. He's clever. And he's uh, a nice guy. So we like that. But a little more energy. I'd All say. right, Mr. Maybe President. A little, a little bit. <laughs> I think we'll leave it with that question. That that I think that was a good meaty, a meaty <laughs> response. Uh, there, there's you, your. You, you got an audio cameo. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel like I. That's like I owe you like sixty five dollars. <laughs> what um? What do you want to plug? Oh well, thank you. you um, I yeah yeah. In keeping with what's going on, it's it's a very nice coincidence that I had a Trump album. It was like the only project I had in the works and I started it in late January. 
so I had no idea this was going to happen. I was just like, you know mm-hmm. what? I got, I got, I, we could put together another funny Trump album. And so for this to blow up right now, the album came out two weeks ago. So it was like unbelievable timing because this oh, yeah. was just going to be something, you know, that I tried to force to number one for like eight minutes on iTunes to get like a <laughs> screenshot. I'm like, yeah, we did exactly. it, guys. Nine copies. We sold nine copies this second. We did it. Um, but instead, it's blown up, which is a, which is really nice. So it's called Fireside Craps the Deuce, and it's like a like a, a first person historical transcript of Trump's presidency up until now, obviously told as me a really well-produced album. Um, so that's sort of one of the things I'm excited about. So it's, it's doing well and people can get that on uh, Amazon or iTunes. And if you can't afford it, if money's tight or whatever, uh, I do have a weekly podcast as Trump called making podcasts great again. That's available wherever you listen to podcasts. So you've got two options. If you want to support me, uh, go get the album. But if you, if money's tight or if you just don't like me enough to support me, you can still hear it for free on the <laughs> weekly podcast. Or look them up on Cameo. <laughs> That's how you what, can really um, support me. <laughs> what? Uh, I feel like you would do a good Doug Stanhope impression. I maybe I could work. I could work on it. Um, yeah, you but don't it's have like, to do it right now, but yeah, no, I feel like that's always my, it feels like a challenge, you know, like, you're, you're, oh no, yeah, no, no, no. Well, I'll show you, <laughs> give me 15 gonna, hours and I'll come back. I'm not back. dropping this podcast unless you do a perfect Stan Hope right now. <laughs> uh, you just remind me of him anyway, his voice, but anyway, next time that'll be your next, that's going to take you to the next level when you do your, pull out your Stan Hope impression. I think so. What's your website? Oh, uh, jlcomedy.com. Cool. Well, thanks for being here, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for asking. This was a, a real treat. Cool. Talk to you soon. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Ended with an impression. I thought that that I'm glad I asked him to do that, even though I felt a little weird. That was really funny, and uh, it was personalized for me. That's why I liked it. Thank you to Starburns Audio, everyone at Starburns Audio: Jessica Gutierrez, Christy Coffee, Jason Smith. Those are the only three names I know who work over there, but uh, I'm sure there might be others. So thank you to them also, whoever you might be. Check out Starburns.audio for this and other podcasts, and we'll see you soon. Have a good day and night. Starbands Audio, a podcast network.